0: Hello and welcome to Sgwrsio with the EWC, the podcast from the Education Workforce Council.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Hayden Sowellin, the Chief Executive of the EWC, the Education Workforce Council in Wales. Delighted to welcome everybody to today's podcast. We've got a really topical subject for you it's diversifying the education workforce in Wales. We have five great guests today. So I'd like them to introduce themselves in turn and just say something really brief about what they do in their day jobs.
2: Thank you very much Hayden for welcoming me here. It's great to be here. My name is Yusuf and I'm an assistant principal at Cardamon Vale College.
3: Hello, I'm Chantelle Horton. I'm director and founder of DARPA Diversity and Anti-Racist Professional Learning. I've also undertaken a number of pieces of research around recruitment and retention issues in the education workforce.
4: I'm Leon Andrews. I'm a teacher in Llamour High School um, in Newport. and I'm also uh, team DARPAL three days a week at Cardiff Met.
5: Hi, everyone. Pleasure to be here. I'm Lauren Henry, and I'm the CEO of Urban Circle Newport, which is a youth arch charity based in Newport. And we work with young people from the age of three right up to 30. In the creative arts and um, building and developing themselves.
6: Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Aminur Rahman. I'm the recruitment and support officer for Educators Wales. Um, I promote careers in education, and my main area is to try to diversify the workforce, trying to encourage people from the Black, Asian, minority ethnic background to look into education as a career.
1: Thanks very much, Shohal. It's great to have you all on board. So we'll get into the questions. So the first question is, what do we know about the current diversity of the education workforce in Wales?
2: I'm happy to jump in there, Hayden. Um, so I, I think it's a very important question. Um, this is obviously set in the context of the of us looking to become an anti-racist nation within Wales. And I think it's important to set that context because we are unique as a country looking to move towards an anti-racist Wales 2030. Um, I'd say that at the moment, the diversity within workforce generally um, is not representative of the minority um, ethnic populations that are within Wales. Um, so typically, um, if we're looking particularly in education, then you're looking at single figure percentages. Um, and as that goes up in terms of level, um, so that the more senior the position then those percentages tend to decline. Um, and that will be a disparity compared to the population of Wales. So I hope that gives a bit of an overview for, for, from my perspective in terms of a summary.
3: Um, When we think back to the research that we did in 2021, we were looking at the figures then, which were um, outlined in 2019. And it was about 1.3% of our huge education workforce when we looked at um, teachers and leaders within the school zone. Um, And if we think about that specific to leaders coming from black, Asian, minority, ethnic um, heritage, um, global majority heritage, it's really important that we look at how mm-hmm. <laughs> devastating it is to see no pipeline of leaders, only um, a small group of leaders, only a very, very small group of head teachers in the school space. Um, so we do need to explore that in a lot of detail and I know that the research that we undertook in 2021 was really listened to by yourselves and Welsh Government, a- along with the work that you did in the phase two and phase three report back then. And I think if we look at um, some of the steps that have been taken, they're positive steps, but this is legacy work, it's long-term work, and these statistics are, you know, are historic and they don't seem to be changing for the better.
1: Thanks, Chantal Leon, would you like to add to that? No, I think Chantelle's
4: said everything that needs to be said, obviously this, the statistics don't, don't lie and then um, there certainly needs to be more representation in senior leadership across education really not just in schools but in all aspects of education
1: thanks leon lorraine what about you can you give a perspective perhaps from uh, youth work uh
5: yeah i was literally just coming from my own experience and um, obviously i'm a a leader and I'm in my own organization and within my organization from board down to the ground there is a very um great representation however when I go into other spaces I am always the only um person of colour <clears throat> and that's in very senior um, positions, whether that's in education, whether that's in the youth work setting, whether that's in a business setting. So um, I've had to become, what's the word? I'm very familiar with being the only one, which shouldn't be the case, as Chantal and uh, Yusuf have explained. Um, On the the groundwork, uh, there's a lot, but then as you go up the ranks, there's not that representation, and I think that's where the disconnect is. And more leaders coming from the global majority need to be in those senior positions to enable um, work to be authentic as well as to 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 reach everyone in a in a in a way which enables everyone.
1: Thanks very much, Lauren. For anybody listening that's interested in the figures, uh, the EWC publishes annual workforce statistics every year. Um, That's drawn from our Register of Education Practitioners. So have a look at the data. And as our speakers have indicated, what you'll see there is that uh, representation of Black, Asian, minority, ethnic practitioners is below the general population. And you can see that data for teachers, teaching assistants in work workplace learning and youth work. So any listeners who are interested, please uh, jump onto the website and take a look. So why do we think, then, it's important that we do diversify our workforce in education? A few of you have touched on it already. So Youssef, if I come back to you to begin with, please.
2: I think, um, you know, from both uh, linking what Lauren and uh, Chantel have, 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 have spoken about um, in terms of the pipeline, I think this is, this is critically important. Um, what, what we know is that talent is out there. Um, and that talent is abundant. Um, but where there is a challenge is in getting this talent into uh, mainstream uh, organizations. Um, so so you will have um, good levels of representations in uh, in in cases of of groups that um, that are that are more on the ground and more connected to the community. Um, the more you move towards um, establishments, and institutions, then this is where um disparity starts. Um, equally though, we also need to look at the level of work here as well, because typically in organisations, the lower level, um, you can have overrepresentation of global majority populations, um, in in lower level work, and then the higher up you go, that that disparity starts to occur. So there's there's clearly a pipeline challenge, um, in terms of representation.
1: Thank you, Amina. Can I bring you in at this point? Obviously, you've been working amongst the communities and uh, spreading the word in terms of uh, the benefits of working in education. What's your take on this one?
6: Yeah, I think um, representation is important because we need to reflect the society we live in. And, you know, the statistics have shown that it's not just in a leadership leadership level is really bad and then even in the in the ground level um it's still not representing um, the you know the wider society um also doing, doing work on the ground level also showed that a lot of young people they want role models but they're not getting any role models when they're in a learning environment so again that's not encouraging um people to look into <laughs> um, education as a career and also it's very important because we don't want young people or anyone in education not to feel like an outsider and as Yusuf already touched upon you know in wales the welsh government has this vision to make wales anti-racist by 2030 i believe one way to help reach that vision is to make our learning environment uh, visibly more diverse and inclusive
3: i think i think for young children and children of all ages and young people if you can see it you can be it i think that's really important but also um young people are learners who maybe don't have experiences within their own family lives, their own community life, sort of a really um, diverse community, for example, or group of, you know, social spaces. So I think that we can have those experiences and need to have those experiences within our classrooms that can be enriched in curriculum too but within within representation within the workforce, it can be so valuable. It's not as easy as that. I think we've got to do some long-term legacy work. And I think that whilst we know from recent developments, from our research, and stem two pieces of um, guidance and policy from Welsh Government around action planning for the recruitment and retention of um, student teachers, and also incentives for um, bursaries and teachers to be involved, but but I think long-term, if a child has these experiences within their rich curriculum of um, representation in stories, in true histories, in um, experiences of creative experiences, in all of their aspects of their learning, I think we can really um, think about how we can layer what representation and true representation means um, throughout the journey. So I think we can do some short-term, work but i think we have some deep long work to do and i think representation is so powerful Um, leon's in the classroom several days a week still any thoughts from you leon about about representation in the classroom your experiences with the learners
4: i just think we i did quite a lot of work um trying to give the pupils opportunities to learn from different um, people from different backgrounds and encouraging we try and get lots of guest speakers in so to try and enrich those opportunities because in, in an area that's not too not so diverse but having like exposing the, the people to that well obviously encouraging they can if they can see it they can be at that kind of that sort of mentality because that didn't happen for me when i was younger I and mean, i kind of almost stumbled into education if you like it wasn't because i was inspired by any teachers that i had but I think a lot more, a lot of the pupils when they see me and when they see the people like that, that, you know, that we bring into school, they are motivated by that. They do, they do see themselves in that and that does, that, that raises their aspirations um, to some extent and obviously does, has encouraged a few of them to go on to sort to, to of look at, into education and jobs in education. So I do think. As much representation as you can get, the more representation, the better.
3: I, I think some of the learners are saying that themselves, loud and clear. They don't hold back the conversations you had within your, um, your diversity club.
4: No, and also a lot of the, the, the report, the, the work we were looking into for um, the Safeguarding Board, when we are chatting to students across, across Gwent, they, they were almost relieved to, to speak to someone who, was, who looked like them and to share experiences with, with with about their uh, about situations that happened in their school, but they, it was kind of like they not, they'd not they not seen that before, they'd not come across that. And that's you know only in only in one area of Wales, you know. So I think again, diversifying the workforce and having the representation, even in the areas that don't have that have a low um, global majority. Uh, the majority the percentage of students it's, it's as important
5: you know well all of my guest panelists have hit the nail on the head and um, but i just want to kind of um go off of what leon was saying and the importance for me what stands out is the fact that not being the first um, because that can be a lonely place and when it's only you there's a lot you have to contend with so that in itself having more um, representation on all levels it hits on to the how Leon was was saying someone you can go to, there's someone you 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 connect with, there's someone you can share stuff with, there's someone who you believe of understands certain things that's happened, and um, if. There's no one from um, your heritage in those areas then it can be a lonely place but then you don't get to share or even be able to develop in a way or not feel comfortable to go and then you're holding on to stuff so that's a resistance and then that's a hindrance of development as well so it, it, it hits on so many on so many levels yeah. Thanks, can, all right. can
3: i respond to loren there because i think it's really important that we think We think about that in in particular, that emotional well-being. So we have, you know, a very few teachers coming to um, the workforce at the moment with a black, Asian and minority ethnic background, you know, and they're so far and few between sometimes. as Michelle Obama and Lauren said, they describe them as the only, it's being one of the only, is it's really important because as much as recruitment is important, retention is so, so important. So once people are in the workforce within Wales, we want to keep them within the workforce in education and within Wales. And we have started within DARPA to develop communities of practice where um, you know, people can share like-minded experiences Um, share peer-to-peer support, but also be part of the solution and the active um, finding ways forward, really. Um, So I think retention has to be involved in this mix of recruitment at the same time.
1: Okay, we'll move into our third area, which is really building on the first two questions. Why do we think there's a reluctance for people from minority ethnic backgrounds to pursue education careers?
5: I wouldn't want to say that is a reluctance, and I can only talk from my own um, perspective and experience. Sometimes it's hard to always have to be up against the challenge, and it takes a toll. So that leads on to how Chantal was saying, the emotional side of things. Sometimes even if it, someone is passionate about being in an educator or a teacher, if they're aware of um, microaggressions or discrimination happening within there, you have to make a conscious choice to go into that. And so everyone has an um, a right not to have to endure certain activities because everybody knows how, how they would like to be treated, and no one wants to be treated and um, mistreated. I think it's a choice of wanting to step into an environment if the, if if they're aware that it's gonna be um, not a nice um, place to be because they're gonna be attacked just because of the the, the color of their skin. Uh, It comes out in many different forms, do you know what I mean? Um, So, I I think like how Chantal's alluded to, there's a lot of work that needs to be done just to make sure the environment is right for everyone to be able to to blossom and thrive. Um, Hence why Wales, I I am proud to be Caribbean Welsh, that's how I describe myself, um, because Wales is taking active steps to become anti-racist within 2030. Um, and that is a mission, but it's a mission that everybody has to opt into and actively make change within everybody's environments.
1: Youssef, you're our post-16 expert with us today. What What's your take on the matter?
2: So I, th- I think um, there are lots of complex reasons why um, it's challenging for people to to, to see themselves in, in any profession, really. I, I think it's not just, uh, particularly looking at public professions when you need to be at things like the police, if you're looking at um, things in terms of the, the, uh, the NHS, um, health, um, you know, that they all have barriers within them. And I think um, Lauren's touched on a lot of things there, which I completely echo and, 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 and agree with and and, uh, and Leon as well and Chantel talking about that identity and connection, really, I think is critically important. Um, the resistance comes, I think, from quite a deep, sense of am I going to be treated fairly, Um, am I going to have um, the same sorts of opportunities, Um, if I do embark on such a such a path am I going to be incredibly lonely Um, and am I going to be, am I going to have a spotlight on me like like no other because I am uh, one of very few in 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 such an area and I think all these considerations are are there equal on the other side though many people look at that and see that as opportunity as well um and and in terms of getting to the nub of trying to reverse the tide here or change the tide on that it is about the things we've been discussing the more role models you have the more trailblazers there are the more it will become normalized and and understood that there are pathways to success And, and I think this is where particularly from leadership positions, it's really important that not only are there leaders in place, but people can see the pipeline of leadership and sustained leadership. So they feel like they're joining something as opposed to, because you can often get um, very isolated leaders, whereby people can even see from the outside, it's the exception to the norm or it's the exception to the rule. Um, So therefore we need to see a systemic uh, change in in this. And then you'll see the resistance starting to, to, to dissipate, I'd imagine.
1: Thank you, Yusef. Amina, I'll
6: come to you next on this one. I think it's very similar to what everyone's been saying. I'm going to be more touching upon the grassroots level and the young people, um, you know, the people that I've been working with. There's one particular, um, I remember, a session that I'd done with young people between the age of 14 or 15 in Newport, and there was a young black person who told me, uh, like, he was not interested in getting into education, but he did say, but if I did have a teacher who looked like me, I may have considered it. So I think, again, that role model, um, role model is very important. And, you know, he's only 14, you know, and he's saying that to me. So we do need to have more um, diverse, um, you know, practitioners in the education workforce. You know, um, from a profession, from the outside, you can we can see that it's not diverse enough. And again, it's probably making people reluctant to get into it. Um, they're like thinking, are people going to understand me? Are people going to understand my culture? Is that really worth going into, you know, um, because, you know, <laughs> it's just very white in, in their eyes. Um, and also, you know, um, some research has shown that parents play a big part. And, it's um, you know, parents maybe in the UK um, from a black, Asian minority ethnic background are not encouraging the children to get into education, but it's p- perhaps not their fault because most parents want to safeguard their children. And if they see that their environment is not going to be helpful towards the, towards their children. They would not encourage them in that profession. So again, some work has to be maybe even done to parents just to show them the benefits of you know working in, in education and encouraging the children to get into this field.
4: Coming it from a, the school's perspective, I know from speaking to lots of the students I've worked with over the years, it's, it's down to the experience they've had themselves in school the the last place on earth they want to be when they finish is going back to a to that sort of setting where they've had a negative experience um i know that's not true for all for all people but it's certainly true true for a large majority of the students that i would have i've worked with
3: i think it's really important to think about what we learned within the research um, that we did within 2021 We spoke with 68 people across Wales, the vast majority of those were working within the education workforce, but some were learners um, within secondary, FE and um, HE, and they were talking about their experiences and why they would and wouldn't go into um, education as a career um, and how they, they did draw on their experiences. I think we're at a really optimal time Because Welsh Government have really listened to the voices of those people, and they have expected that um, HEIs and IT, Initial Teacher Education Partnerships and Providers, pull together a recruitment and retention action plan for student teachers. So that's thinking about going forward, incentives for those student teachers, but also if we think about the optimal time we have here with the Curriculum for Wales, The curriculum for Wales um, expects us to have this authenticity of Welsh history, for example, and, you know, the four purposes give us lots and lots of scope to explore ethical and global citizenship. And having grown in probably Wales's, I'd like to say, richest curriculum in the 70s and uh, my teacher, my head teacher, our community activist and neighbour, Mrs Betty Campbell, that unusual curriculum that I knew was divine, it was rich, it was exciting. It did give us that ethical global lens from very young. Um, and I think that that's really exciting that um, if we enable our workforce that here now and vastly white, that actually they can enrich the experiences of everyone. So maybe they will have flipped experiences to those that Leon was just describing there. Um, And that's the responsibility of us as a whole um, in our workforce as as it stands. Um, But yeah, it's really complex. I would urge you to have a look at some of the, um, the findings, the voices of those 68 people we spoke with. The conversations were raw. They were deep. We expected that most people may talk in a small group. Most opted, 64 out of 68 opted to talk one-to-one. And those conversations were mostly about two hours long. And they were talking about experiences that they had now in their education leader role, but also as children. Um, and they are they are deep and, and, and they are concerning, but also hopeful. Um, and it flips from some of the experiences that what everyone's been talking about here, the opportunities we have. So I think we've got to do lots of work with all our, our eyes on recruitment, retention and real authentic curriculum progression.
1: OK, everybody. So I'm going to give you a, a magic wand and you, I'm inviting you to tell me what you think could be done, should be done to support people from minority ethnic backgrounds to get into education careers.
2: Happy to jump, jump there as well. Um, so I think the key thing is that representation. So the, the magic wand would be if I, if I could overnight, um, change the levels of representation at the di- different levels to be more reflective, um, off those populations, I think that would in itself be the the, the catalyst for change. I think, I think naturally then you would have lots of people looking up, seeing, that change being because it would mean that we we'd have at, at, at many levels across all sectors um that that diversity of thought that cultural that cultural coming together as well so i think all that would come in together and have a real sort of uh, uh, powerful effect
1: so you said um, i'm going to push you on that one a little bit so the the current makeup of uh, the classrooms and youth work settings and so on is an underrepresentation of the population as we know so we didn't have the magic wand. Who do you think what agencies could get involved in trying to turn the tide there? Any ideas?
2: Oh, she asked me to create the magic one now. Um, so <laughs> no, so, so that's fair 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 play. Um I I've been set up. No, so I, I think I think <laughs> gen, genuinely this is something that everyone has a stake in, you know, could because you, you can't put one organization or one sector. Onto this, I mean, th- th- this is this is culturally deep, and um, we've spoken about parents. Parents' attitudes have a huge impact onto what their children are going to do. um So, therefore, actually, it is about all sectors thinking about what what things do they have control of, what things are within their gift, and how can they create their own ones to then start to in a synchronous way look to move things forward. it You know, um, and I, I think already the work that you're doing here in terms of the Education Workforce Council is is is, show, is setting an example and that's going to get others to think about oh, are we doing this just by by organizations taking that step out and and facilitating work in this area makes others reflect oh are we doing this should we be doing this you have some say yes some will say no but that you're doing something is is important um and i think the only th- the final thing i'll say on that, that what you do needs to be authentic think, think, children pick up whether something's authentic or not very easily Adults clearly pick up whether things are authentic or not. And if it's felt as being authentic and seen as being authentic, then it's gonna have a, a positive change there. So I tried to dodge the question there a little bit as well. I don't have one wand. Many ones, many ones. No, brilliant, great response.
5: So with my magic wands, I'd give all establishments a money treat in the back because have the money to be able to to, to really put in what's needed. If we're gonna create that safe environment, going back to the question that you asked in the sense of how do we, what's the reluctance? We need to create that safe space for people to step into. So if they step into an environment which is hostile against um, their ethnicity or whichever, we can put the money there to put everyone on the training that they need to enable them to work out whatever it is with them and, and their team to move forward in a in a harmonious way whether it's um, putting the infrastructure in for them to assist with getting the leaders in to be able to, to do equality diversity training, which is very authentic, as Yusuf said, um, to educate everyone so they understand what's going on and what how things should be should moved through, to be able to just have the, the funds there to look into each situation where it's at and where it's needed to then initiate real change um, is, is, is a cost. And that's why I feel Wales is in such a, as, um, as Chantal um, alluded to, pivotal time is now because we're getting it from not just top down and we've got amazing um leaders already who also think this way because it is a mindset. So we've got people who are willing to take on this challenge. Now we... just need the resources to assist everyone at their own positions because there are many different positions and different layers but everyone should have the resource to enable themselves to get out of and create this safe space for everyone to work in which will enable our representation to go all the way through.
1: Thanks Lorraine that's a great answer. So the final area for some discussion about what advice do you have for somebody considering a career in education? Chantal and Leon, I'd like to go to you two first. Obviously, Chantal, you work in a university and Leon in a school. So let's hear from you on this one. What advice do you give or would you give somebody?
4: Join Team DAPL for some support It's my, is my number, one, uh, number one tip to anyone because, it, like I think people, people have alluded to already, it, it can be a very, very lonely place And it's like, oh, will you go and do that? Will you be responsible for this? I, you do feel quite alone sometimes, um, and prior to being obviously working with Dark for Dark, I was I was dappled myself at a, at a at a conference, and it was the first time I had, I felt actually supported. It was the first time I'd be able to speak to sort of like-minded colleagues, if you like, um, it, since I started teaching myself. So it was it I didn't know it existed until then, and when I did, I went sort of I haven't come away from there, so that would be my advice.
3: The the daffling, it, it has to continue. It has to be a continuum. But we, you know, I mean, we're are sat we're both of us in our and um, Cardiff Cardiff Metropolitan space right now. in in university, and we're going into a a meeting straight after this, which is exploring our own recruitment and retention action plan. There's active work going on, and there's some brilliant work going on about um, the student experiences, you know, how they can be um, welcomed and authentically mentored from the very start of their application process. Being a student teacher, having a really um, diverse and authentic um, interview panel, having that sense of mentorship as soon as they're in the process of applying for to become a student teacher, um, having communities of practice and networks as student teachers. Thinking then about the curricula that they're in, and in Cardiff Met here particularly, we're exploring this idea of determined anti-racist professional learning within the curriculum for student-teachers and having this this thinking um, explored in a holistic way. I think also, depending on where you are in your career, there needs to be these community of practice spaces where people with professional and lived experience or just professional experience, have these conversations really focused on, on well-being and, you know, this, this, this burden sometimes that, um, you know, some, some, some people within our workforce are experiencing. So there's so many things to do. Um, I'd just like to see towards some of the, um, the findings from, from our reports, from, from the work um, that your team did at EWC in the Phase 2 and Phase 3 report. There's some really strong um, recommendations there. Um, the work of Professor Charlotte Williams around professional learning and the ministerial group that I was in and our research on recruitment and retention. So we could go into it, but there's so many things that we can do. I think there are some easy wins though. And I think it's about, like Leon said, creating these co- collaborative supportive spaces. Um, I think that they can be inspiring and aspire- aspirational Within Darpal, for example, there was a community of practice. Leon joked about being Darpal and then continuing to Darpal. And there were, there were a small handful of teachers with professional and or lived experience. And um, the, the, the people that took part in the From Teachers for Teachers um, project did some deep, slow, professional learning. And it's really interesting that many of them have gone on now to do other things. One has just gone into a peer inspector role with Estin and so on. So I think it's also once we have this diversity within the workforce, what next? What are the routes to leadership, which I think Youssef um, alluded to earlier um, with, with with importance.
1: Thanks, Chantal. I mean, you know, giving advice and uh, providing advocacy is what you do on a daily basis. I mean, for those
6: who are looking, why should they consider career in education? I think first and foremost, just let people know what being a teacher is, you know, or being an educator is. Is it, is it is a rewarding job and it impacts people positively. I mean, we all have that human connection. And, you know, if you know you can make an impact on people's life, you know, that's going to give you a sense of satisfaction. I'm going to use this opportunity also to quickly plug in um, our service. So if people are considering, um, you know, a career in education, do look into the Educate as well's website. Um, it has information about the different career paths um, in the education sector and how to get into it. We can also support them with if they're applying for a PGCE. We can support them with PGCE application. We can also support them with CV and interview skills as well if they want that. Um, also, if you are working with people in the community and if you want Educate as well to help you, please come on. You know, contact Educate as well, and we can do bespoke um, events to try and encourage people to get into um, education. So, yeah, just um, you know, show the uh, rewarding side of becoming an educator and how it can impact society. Thanks, Amina.
1: Okay, I'm going to bring this podcast to a close. Uh, I'd love to have more time and uh, invite you to hear much, much more from our speakers. But as a number of speakers have said, they're really happy to hear from you. Chantal's talked about the DARPAL network. is heavily involved because we think it's um, really impactive and really important. So feel free to be DARPLed, as uh, we've said. So I'd like to close the podcast and just give you a taster of our next one that will be coming up. It'll be about the important topic of well being in education. So, if you've enjoyed this and our previous podcasts, please dip into the next one and those upcoming. Thanks to everybody, and I'd like to thank our guests today as well.
0: Hope you enjoyed the listen neu ble bynnag ry'ch chi'n gwrando ar bodlediadau. Cofiwch dan ysgrifio i beidio'ch allu penod a rhannwch gyda'ch cydweithwyr. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sgwrsio with EWC. You can listen to all episodes on our website www.ewc.wales or on your podcast provider of choice. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and share it with your colleagues.